everybody. Coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, we are all growing, right? We're growing taller than we were as children. Some of us are rounder than we were as children. But what about emotional growth, professional growth, intellectual growth? Is all growth good? We're talking about it up next on the Matt Townsend Show after the news with Sam McCall. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. A new Reuters report shows the Drug Enforcement Administration uses spying tactics similar to the controversial NSA programs to assist with investigations. According to Reuters, normal investigative techniques are used to recreate information discovered by the spying programs. Communications intercepted from al-Qaeda leaders are what led U.S. leaders to close 21 embassies across the Middle East and northern Africa for as long as a week. A ranking member of the Senate Intelligence Committee says the threat is one of the most serious seen in the last several years. Despite embassy closures in the region, Senators John McCain and Lindsey Graham are arriving in Cairo today to encourage diplomatic solutions to Egypt's growing political crisis. Since military leaders overthrew former President Mohamed Morsi last month, over 100 of his supporters have been killed as protesters clash. A San Francisco-area rail strike was averted late last night thanks to action by California Governor Jerry Brown, who says a strike would significantly disrupt public transit services and put the public's health, safety, and welfare at risk. New York Yankees player Alex Rodriguez is going to appeal the 211-game ban he's been slapped with after he and a dozen other major league players were linked to a doping clinic. If the appeal fails, A-Rod's ban will be the most severe punishment on a player since Pete Rose was banned for life in 1989. In world news, a local court in Turkey dealt out at least 10 life sentences to defendants for their role in a previous military coup attempt. Only 17 of the 275 accused conspirators were acquitted, leading to outcry from human rights groups. Thanks to scientists from the Netherlands, the world's first lab-grown burger has been served to a panel of food critics. Using stem cells to grow meat could help satisfy growing demand more sustainably. However, one of the critics did say the burger could have used a little more salt and pepper. That's the news to the top of the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Welcome to the program. Did I just sound like uh, a, a, a singer? Well, with a big vibrato. I think you're trying to compensate because you are kind of out of breath, Matt. Why are I'm you out, out of breath? breath um, because I have grown too low of lung capacity. To be running into the studio. At the last minute. <laughs> At the across last the minute. parking hey, lot. Hey, you know what? Intro mile. You made it. I did make it. Did you, you see? I it. even made it. I made it early. <laughs> you actually you had a few minutes to spare. You were worried. Two minutes to figure out what am I doing? Well, that's the magic of radios. Nobody knows. Nobody that knows. Fourteen <sighs> seconds before Rush Limbaugh's show comes on, that he Rush was, Limbaugh yeah. walks in the room. He was in his jammies twenty minutes before. And as much as I'm joking about that, there's probably more truth to that than you I see. Care that's to admit. what's so great about radio is you don't have to be dressed. It is nice. It you don't really have to is. be ready. You don't have to be. You can just show up. Boom. You just have to sound ready. Yeah, that's the problem because I get all breathy. You know what I mean? I sound like a really bad prank call. <laughs> all out of breath. Or, or not even the prank call. It's the you're, you're calling that girl 
and yeah. like, you're in there on the phone. You're like, oh, is I'm she going to? Yeah, my, my mouth's all cotton mouth. And like her little brother answers. You're like, ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> I got to go. Got to go. Bye. <laughs> Good stuff. Hey, today, kids, we're talking about something that I know is just right up your alley. It's called growth. And I was wondering when we were going to start. Start growing? Yeah. You know, growing the show, growing our maturity levels. Let's hold out on that one. our humor. Let's wait. Just any kind of growth. Growth is hard. I'm noticing because I'm at a stage in my life. I don't know if you guys know this. How old am I? 69. I'm 44. Not bad. I just seriously had to add and subtract and figure out my age. 44 years old. Is that right? 69. Yeah, 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 you're 20 years older than me. Wow. Um, But I'm at this stage where I don't want to grow anymore. So um, I do a lot of these speeches and I haven't – I took a month off where I didn't have speeches for a month. And my wife just told me who organizes a lot of them just says, you've got a lot of speeches coming up. And I said, you know what? I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. It's getting me – I'm tired. You kind of got used to the not speaking uh-huh. thing. The not speaking it, thing. It seems like it was kind of nice. It was a nice month. It was a very nice month. And then she basically says, it will be good for you. It, it'll, it'll help you grow. Translation, you're going to hate this, but yeah, I'm not doing it, I so it'll be good for you. I'm beyond growing. You know what I mean? So I look at Merritt, and she's yawning. <sighs> My, everyone's yawning in the room right now. If I had a dollar, I'd buy some chiclets. No, <laughs> some Skittles. You'd, you'd buy us some food, right? Yeah. That's not good. Growth. <laughs> um, so my, my wife says it's good for me to do this. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. Then I got today, last minute, a chance to sit down with a really amazing man who's like very smart. And he sat me down and he asked me a question that kind of blew my mind. I'm not going to name names, but he's well positioned, smart, smart, smart man. And he asks, why haven't you grown bigger than you are? He's kind of he's kind of counseling well, me. Because you've been watching what you eat. Well, no, he wasn't even talking about that girth. He just says, why haven't you grown? Why aren't you bigger? And I had to come to this conclusion because it's scary. It's scary to grow bigger, to like get a bigger radio show scary. You know what I mean? To like put it out there. It's scary because what if people reject you? Right, Skyboy? I mean, that's why you haven't grown bigger, right? (laughs) So I'm going to start testing us on this show. How are we going to grow bigger? And one thing for sure, I'm going to make all of you grow. That's what I've decided. Because if you'll all grow, I'll grow. And I won't have to do the work, but you guys can do it. So we're going to start pushing us on the growth. Now, for example, Skyboy, tomorrow you're going to start. I want you to do a solo on the guitar, a little serenade. Done. Wow. Really? Yep. You're not even afraid? Nope. You want to grow? I want to grow. Okay. You inspired me. Mark that down. What's tomorrow's show on? Anybody remember? <laughs> cricket, cricket. Okay, well, I've got a great idea. <laughs> Let's go each Let's other. Grow where we get it on the calendar and we know it. Let's do that. Let's make one of that our goals tomorrow. In our defense, Merritt should really know because she schedules everything. I, I yeah, should but, know, but I've also not know. stopped yawning. Yeah. Let, let's not pick on her. I should know. Rob should know. He's the executive <laughs> producer. So you should, Rob, your growth goal is to remember what our show is about tomorrow. But there's so many, and it changes every day. I only need you to worry oh, about oh, tomorrow's oh, I think show. I remember. Oh, what, Merritt? Highly sensitive people. Oh. Yeah. That'll be good. Yeah. Do we have Tuesday. a guest that's okay with talking about it? Are yes, she's an expert. 
Those are the best kind. See, growth. Are you guys ever, have you ever, like, what would hold you back from growing? You're all going to have to go, like, take the dive, leave the incubator that we call the Matt Townsend show, go out in the big world where those big dragons and unicorns are. Well, you get to a certain age and your pituitary doesn't make you any taller anymore. You keep going back to physical growth. We're talking about other growth. What what kind of growth? Uh, Spiritual, social. Marital. I don't know if marital is the word, but, you know, social growth, interpersonally growing a relationship to the point that you'd want to commit, hypothetically. Cricket, cricket, cricket. Right now, the thing that, like, would hold me back is convenience. It's not convenient to grow. No. It's like, hard. Right now, yeah. I, like, right now, I'm just, you know, I work nine to five and I live by myself and I have absolutely no obligations to any other human. That, that seriously it's pretty sounds, great. sounds like the dream. So I know. you all go home at whatever, five, our time. And then what? And then I do nothing and it's <laughs> glorious. I, yeah. Like, I read the news, read some articles, watch a movie. So that's go what you mean. It's shopping. just not convenient for you to grow. No, because then my schedule would be filled with other things. Yeah, but see, then you won't be busy like me. You want to be busy like me. Stressed. <laughs> Do we, Matt? I, I think we've learned in shows past that that's not actually an indicator of success. Yeah, but the stress is really good for your death. <laughs> it accelerates that dying process. You don't want to wait on that. No, you want <laughs> to. if you want to really get a taste of life, you want to like be stressed to the hilt. Well, you know, this is the thing, though. In a month, it'll, I'm going to start classes again, yeah, and I again. won't have a brain anymore. So I'll be, I'll be stressed. See, that's where you're growing. But it's good. Stress is good. No one ever died from stress. Um, actually. <laughs> well... <laughs> actually. So, okay. Because I, you know, it's scary to stretch. Do you guys, uh, w- what excites you about growing? Like like growing out of your current life. I am very excited about the day that I will own my own washer and dryer. Really? Yeah, well, that's what? like up there, number one thing. You know you can do that at any time. And you get to fix it, too, and it breaks. Yeah. Well, okay. No, I, see, floods. this is the thing. It costs money, and you need space. So yeah. by having my own washer and dryer, that also is assuming that I have space and money. So you'd have a house. Cool. See, yeah. but that's the downfall of it because then you think you need the next thing to get the next thing to get the next thing. No, so you need I a house. just need a washer and dryer. Well, you need a washer and dryer, but you need a space to put it in, which I guess assumes a place, yeah. a house or a, or a uh, hotel or a, <laughs> an apartment, right? Which then assumes some contract. Which yeah. Which then assumes an income. Yeah, I, I'm, I can assume an income. That's... Isn't it just cheaper to drop your bag of laundry off at the dry cleaners and pick it up in a few days? Actually, it's not because I do that too, and that's expensive. Cheaper than a mortgage for your washer and dryer? Well, no, because I'd still have to have a rent, right? I'd have to have a place to stay or my kids that I guess we could stay at all the aunts and uncles. (laughs) You got family. They got space. (laughs) Start dishing them out. My problem is I don't have enough family. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. See, growth, it's just kind of inherent that, you know, once you start that ball of rolling, it just like graduating, you're going to graduate. And when you graduate, you're going to have to get a job or a life and start paying loans back. Just so you know, Matt, I almost threw up when you started that Did sentence. you? Because I'm looking at you. <laughs> yes, you are looking closest. at me. Is this December? 
this is December. I will be done as long as something doesn't go horribly wrong. So are you scared? Terrified. Are you really? Absolutely. What most terrifies you? What terrifies me is getting to December and realizing that I haven't done my stuff for grad school because I don't really want to do grad school, but I haven't found a job. And so Uh, now I have to find a job. Or then pretend to go to grad school. Or, yeah, yeah. Uh, Oh, Ben's too. University of Phoenix. Ben's in on this too because Ben's about to Ben's essentially start doing grad school. The opposite of what I'm doing. Well, ben, he's going to grad school. He probably didn't even want to do grad school. He's just doing it because his loans were coming due. Is that true, Ben? Sorry, say that oh, again. Did you want to do grad school or are you just defaulting now? Uh, I mean, both. Okay. okay. No, both? I, I always I always wanted to do grad school. Did you? I always wanted to get as much education as possible. Yeah. Um, for the ladies, mostly. Well, there's that for sure. Um, because you know, a PhD girls yeah. can't resist. Oh, tell me about it. I can't walk down the street without <laughs> ladies. Like, are you a PhD? I think <laughs> as, as problematic Not. as like the new economy is, um, the fact is that the more education you have, your income is still tied to that. So ultimately I wanted to get as much education as See? possible. That's smart. And if I could do it on the cheap, yeah, should do it. So well, plus it kind of just ensures you get to keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. In yeah. a way. You don't have to like, you know, like uproot and move no. somewhere and lose all my friends. And yeah, and there's definitely that's part of it. Lucky enough that higher income potential you'll have with your Ph.D. should generate enough revenue each month to help you almost break even in the amount you're paying Eventually. in debt service to yeah. pay the loans off yeah, of getting the Ph.D. Well, there's hope right there. Once again, almost threw up. Well, luckily for me, the PhDs in the humanities are actually normally funded. So, oh yeah, and my master's degree, I'm being paid to teach. So, I'm hoping that I can actually break even throughout the whole thing. Well, you know what's great is a lot of people would like get an advanced degree in um, I don't know science or an engineering what's field that? to make money. Yeah, no, that that's less important. But to your me. goal really is breaking even. I just want to be paid to sit around and think. So pontificate. <laughs> well, you're nailing it. That's productive. <laughs> you're doing great. It's interesting though. Um, Growth would demand change, right? So that's what you're facing, Bryce, because things are going to change no matter what. In fact, it even forced Ben's hand because, you know, things have to change. You hey, can't just gradu- Graduating is a fantastic change because you go from making money to immediately turn it around to pay it in tuition to making money. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also because like you guys are saying, you know you always have to go study. What happens when you no longer have to study? Like I've put off books for years because I kept saying, yeah, I got to finish my dissertation. Well, I finished my dissertation a year ago. Those books still dusty? And now everyone's like, so <laughs> when are those books coming out? And I'm, I'm just like, shut it. Quit bringing up what I said I was going to do. My dad, he recently got his doctoral degree. Yeah. And so he did the same thing. Where he, Well, he calls it the six to one rule. Buy six books, read one. Yeah. But so he had just that's like. Se- that seems wasteful. I'm just going to say that. Well, he, seems wasteful. He has to have those books. But you look I mean, smart. Obviously. I He's like your dad. That's so, how I am too. Yeah. yeah. It's just like he, he wants to have them around. And so, but now that he finished, he has been reading all those books. It's kind of bizarre. Like he'll talk to me. He'll be like, well, I learned this really interesting thing the other day. And <laughs> like. Fascinating. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. But he's used it. I mean, so it was kind of interesting because I feel like maybe the thing that was making him grow was also in some ways keeping him from growing. Uh huh. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. But But now he's. Now he does it. Now he just. That's what, what happens when growth is not our goal, it's just our means to every end. So it's kind of like I want to get, you know, from here to Burger King. Yeah. But I got to take a road there. Right. 
And so growth is like that road. We always think it's like your schooling is your it's your your that's the end, that's the goal. But your goal it should just be always growing. Right. I I don't know. I I'm going to be completely honest. And I don't think I'm the only one. I'm sure somebody right now driving is feeling the same way I am. My goal is to survive. Survival. I might find that looking back that in the process of just trying to survive, I grew a little bit. It was good. Interesting. Keep my head above water. Don't not, drown. Well, yeah. Not die. Right. How well, but see, but then by doing that, inevitably, you're going to become a better swimmer to extend the analogy. Oh, Whoa. Whoa. Merit comes in with the metaphor. Merit. Well done. So um, we're all swimming to just some of us are like <laughs> swimming to actually make the Olympic team, we think. Yes. And some are some like Rob are, are swimming just to not die. most of the time. <laughs> But that, in the end, I guess, so is growth inevitable? Or is growth something when you finally recognize what you've gained? What is growth? Is it inherent just because you're living in a hard life? Hmm. There was actually a, an article I read the other day. A study came out that said time moves slower when you're learning new things and having new experiences. Yes, I've so, in order that. to prolong life, the best way to do that, to make your life feel like it lasted longer, is Learn to be constantly that. growing by learning new things okay. and having new experiences. Which explains why the clock goes so slowly at school and at church. Exactly. And <laughs> another example, though, is when you're driving too fast and the car in front of you slams on their brakes. And there's that moment where everything slows down. I think I you, saw that in Fast and you're and about Furious. to die. Because, but your brain's like incredibly at the stage of growth. Like, oh. Boy, I misjudged that. <laughs> Boy, like, man, I couldn't I, have been more off on that one. Just things like, man, I really have not made the best decision yeah. up to this point, have I? I really should have gotten I, my act uh, in. Suddenly you're very very self-aware, self-reflective, yeah. <laughs> very, you know, you, you're really understanding and putting things yeah. where they need to be in your mind. And that, So if that happened all day, you were always constantly almost in an accident, your life would go by very slowly. You with me? I think that I think the result of that is PTSD, but that's just me <laughs> yeah. thinking. Yeah, that's probably not what we're going for. I would just like you said, stress. Hmm. No one ever died from stress. That's true. What's the worst thing? <laughs> they just had major traumatic stress disorder their whole life. Well, this is interesting. We're talking about growth. Is it inevitable? How do you go about living a life that's crazy anyway? And, uh, you know, finding the great fruits of growth. That's what we're talking about. We're going to come back, and our own Bryce Tobin is going to get into his high school growth spirit rant. A little uh, S-P-I-R-I-T? Maybe not. We'll see. We're going to find out when we come back right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Did you leave BYU without a degree? I'm thankful for the Bachelor of General Studies program because as I chose the life that I wanted to live, being a full-time mom, staying at home, and raising my children, it just gave me hope that I could still finish my goal, but at the same time I could still be fulfilling my responsibilities as a wife and a mother while still being able to take university courses. Go online to bgs.byu.edu to see if you qualify to finish at home what you started at BYU, Bachelor of General Studies. Take a look at the world through the eyes of folk artist Eric Dowdle. What do you think is an artist about that flag? It's the coolest flag. Now, it's the longest painting flag because I'll be like, oh, i got to do another Maryland flag. They take a long time to paint, but it is a cool flag. Now, it's a cool. Well, explain well, why. Well, the colors are just, they're great. Black and yellow with red and white. I mean, that's dynamic. 
Tune in to Traveling with Eric Dowdle weekdays at 9 p.m. Eastern here on BYU Radio. Talk about good. BYU alumni and business partners, Danny Ashworth and Matt Heaton. My first computer science class at BYU was CS142. One of my classmates' names caught my attention during roll. It was the same name as one of my childhood friends. After class, I approached him and said, I used to know a Matt Heaton from Las Vegas. And Matt said, I am Matt Heaton from Las Vegas. Matt was selling floppy disks and computer hardware out of his apartment at the time. He offered to pay me 50% of the profit on anything I helped him sell. Things really started going well, and we decided to start our business, Computer Warehouse. Later, we also co-founded ZeroCatch.com and Bluehost.com in Provo, Utah. That computer science class at BYU changed the course of my whole life. Chances are the relationships that changed your life started at BYU. Share your story at alumni.byu.edu update. Remember when, remember why. BYU alumni, connected for good. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about growth. And, uh, you know, we've all been through growth spurts, those awkward moments when you're growing up and, you know, all of a sudden you shoot up a foot and a half. That ever happened to you, Bryce? I think I was gradual. I mean, was gradual. See, I, I never had the growth spurt. I, I didn't, I, don't, I wasn't particularly tall. I wasn't like. But I, you know what? It's a funny thing to watch. Oh, boy. These poor kids that all of a sudden gain a foot and a half. Or the, or the young women that are like a foot and a half taller than everyone in the sixth grade till that, all the boys catch up. That was my sister. She was like 5'10 when she was, was she? 11 or something. And she had a friend who was the same. They were these enormous blonde chicks yeah. in middle school. But see, back then, they I, I remembered the boy. Woo! Pretty. Pretty. And you know what? Then you catch up with them. Then it all works out. Is in fact, that, you surpass them in yeah. a lot of... Well, hopefully, yeah. But what if you just didn't? <laughs> On any, on any, like what, I mean, what if you just kept growing? Like what if your growth spurt happened when you were 44 and all of a sudden you grew a foot? That'd be awful. Wouldn't that just be, be funny? God be, just playing with us. Like, and now you are, uh, you're seven feet tall. Good luck. And you're Get a really deep base now. From tenor to base. So today, Bryce, uh, you're going to do a little rant for us apparently about, uh, you know, I guess what you learned in school and hidden growth spurts. Look, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but I'm about to rant. This is The Bryce is Right. I have reached a point in my life where I'm pretty much done with any significant growth. I can hold out for a little more brain development, maybe hopefully a little more muscle growth, but when it comes down to it, I'm really okay with no more growing. But here I want to tell you and remind you of how awful our growth spurts were. First off, do you remember the leg aches? Not all legs are the same, but I have a lot of legs, which meant a lot of nights chomping down on Tylenol and ibuprofen trying to manage the pain while also attempting to get some sleep. Science says they don't know exactly why these leg aches happen, but I'm pretty sure they happen because new bone cells were being forced in between the old ones. So in a way, my body was breaking my legs in a million different places so that they could get longer. Or in the very least, I think so. That explanation's a little bit better than imagining a bunch of little ants inside my body biting away at my scaffolding. Or when it comes to growth, what about having to replace everything every few months? This was delightful. 
On the one hand, I had new shoes every six months, but this also meant no shoe was particularly comfortable for any period of time. Clothes were a mess. Do we buy longer pants in case I get taller, or do we go wider? Should we just buy something that fits and see what happens? So much so that at this point I have a bunch of pants, dress shirts, and dress pants that would fit much better on someone an inch or two taller than me and about 50 pounds heavier. Then everyone has that one weird part about themselves. I would venture to say that most of us fall into normal parameters, but one part of us is always an outlier. For me, it's the circumference of my neck. Proportionally, my neck should be about 16 inches around. I'm a strong 18-incher, which was impossible to predict. Nobody has thick necks in my family. We didn't even think to purchase anything with this in mind. I stopped getting taller, but my neck kept getting thicker. Then again, on the bright side, this means I'm safe from anyone trying to strangle me in the future. Unless they have enormous hands, in which case, we're a match made in heaven. Speaking of things not going as planned, do you remember the awkwardness of everything not growing at the same rate? For example, I remember this one girl in middle school who was all legs. Like, really, she was two-thirds legs. It looked odd. She tried really hard to use clothes to adjust the perspective and create the illusion of less legs. It helped, but not enough. I don't know what happened to her. I like to imagine she's living somewhere with an average life and an average job, while people every now and again compliment her on her average portion of leg and torso. My favorite is when arms are suddenly longer, but the brain still hasn't figured out how to manage the new trajectories and wingspans, so these people are always accidentally smacking things, dropping things, hitting themselves. It's like a beautiful train wreck. You just can't look away. Now, now, I may be complaining, but think about it. What if we never grew any more than we had to? We'd all be weak and small. But that's the interesting part. We grow almost automatically, and at some point against our wishes. But I can choose not to grow as a person. And there's no obvious sign of personal smallness. So to a degree, as a person, we have hidden growth. So it's up to us to grow as a person, because you can't tell from the outside. All right, I'm out. And remember, don't forget to be awesome. That was profound. Like you went deep, and yet you still were talking about your neck girth. My, my girthy neck. What do you call that? The uh, your neck circumference. Circumference. I guess that's the word, right? Yeah. The distance. Eighteen, around. huh? Yeah, it's huge. Which you would expect in I don't know a three hundred pound man. It, that my shirts would indicate that. Well, a two hundred and fifty pound man. Either or. Um, Interesting too. Physically, our, our growth, you know, is just inevitable. It's just going to happen. As as long as we have food, as long as we yeah. have stuff to eat, we're going to grow. But relationally, emotionally, psychologically, I, it, it's not as obvious because we could grow, we could grow unhealthy. We could have a counterfeit that we really prefer that makes our life easier. So we always are counterfeiting. Then we become messed up. It's like. I, when I grow, you can at some point look at me and tell how much I have grown, how old I am, where yeah. I'm at it, in some way or another. You know, if I don't shave, then yeah. I look like I'm in my 30s. But with my personal growth as a as, no as relationships, you don't know. You, you get to know me. You can figure but it out. But that's the trick. Because, like, when you're dating someone, you don't know where they've grown personally. That's, or that's at the game, all. really. Uh-huh. So then I have clients 30 years later that keep assuming their partner is normal. And then when I look at them, they're not normal. Like that's way, way behind normal. Someone was stunted at some point. Mm-hmm. Someone, someone kept eating their, their relationship equivalent of Hot Pockets and they were not growing. <laughs> 
They were not getting anywhere. They were the not moving forward. The psychological equivalent of a hot pocket. <laughs> I died to know what that is. That's interesting. I don't know. It can't be good for you, though. No. But, but I mean, the point is they, they didn't move forward. They didn't grow up from wherever they were at. Well, and this world's uh, full of it. In fact, our guest coming up after the break is Greg Denning, and he's been on the show before. He has a website um, called DeterminedLives.com. But what is so crazy about this guy? He just kind of forces growth. Like, I don't know, moves out of the country, takes his family, has nowhere to live, and they just figure out a way to make it work. That's forced growth. And it, so far, so good. And no emotional hot pockets. I mean, you you know, you probably end up, I don't know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We're talking to Greg Denning when we come back, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking about your personal growth right here on BYU Radio. In world news, President Obama is in Tanzania. Top European Union officials have settled on a seven-year deal. White House officials say the president will outline plans. And Red Cross officials say they're planning large-scale humanitarian efforts for Syria. The news can only give you sound bites, But with the Kennedy Center, you can dive deeper into world issues. Weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, only here on BYU Radio. Talk about good. This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. More than 20 U.S. embassies are closed this week across the Middle East and Northern Africa based on suspicions of an attack from al-Qaeda. A ranking member of the Senate Intelligence Committee is warning the threat is one of the most serious seen in several years. Despite embassy closures in the region, Senators John McCain and Lindsey Graham are in Cairo, urging both sides of Egypt's political crisis to use diplomacy rather than violence. Since military leaders removed former President Mohamed Morsi last month, over 100 of his supporters have been killed as protesters clash. A new Reuters report shows the Drug Enforcement Administration uses spying tactics similar to the controversial NSA programs to assist with investigations. According to Reuters, normal investigative tactics are used to recreate information discovered by the spying programs. The Venice Beach community near Los Angeles is still in shock after a vehicular rampage on the boardwalk killed one woman and injured 11 more people over the weekend. The suspect was arrested late Saturday after abandoning his car and walking to a local police station. New York Yankees player Alex Rodriguez is going to appeal the 211-game ban he has been slapped with after he and a dozen other major league players were leaked to, linked excuse me, to a doping clinic. If the appeal fails, A-Rod's ban will be the most severe punishment on a player since Pete Rose was banned for life in 1989. In world news, a local court in Turkey dealt out at least 10 life sentences to defendants for their role in a previous military coup attempt. Only 17 of the 275 accused conspirators were acquitted, leading to outcry from human rights groups. Thanks to scientists from the Netherlands, the world's first lab-grown burger has been served to a panel of food critics. The technique used to grow the meat could help sustainably satisfy growing worldwide demand. That's the news to half past the hour. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Remember, our goal on the show is to help you have a smarter life, smarter love. We want to give you uh, the skills, the tools you need to take your life to the next level 
which isn't easy. I mean, you just assume that, you know, you'd know how to do it, but not always. Some of us just struggle, struggle, struggle. So we'd like to bring on some guests that have a clue in how to do this. And today's guest is one of them. Good friend of mine, has been for years. uh, You know, if you go to his website, you you can see how great... How, how what great shape he's in. He reminds me of myself, just chiseled, um, rock solid. Why are you laughing? Skyboy. Well, I was not laughing. You were grinning, <laughs> and I... <sighs> you just remind me of me, Matt. <sighs> how? Chiseled, rock solid. Thank you. You're so right. Um... Go to DeterminedLives.com. Also, you can also go to another website. He's got DiscoverShareInspire.com. Greg Denning is his name. He lives uh, what, what I would call is a pretty weird life. But honestly, never found a man that uh, puts it more out there to become better and to become kind of the ideal person that he can. He's married also a great friend of mine, uh, Rachel Christensen-Denning is her name, in 2001. They have five children together, and they live their lives deliberately. They've completed, he personally has completed 12 short-distance triathlons. He reads great literature to his kids every day. He stopped eating sweets and junk food at the age of 16, which if you listen to my crew is near impossible. And he has a passion for humanitarian and philanthropic work. He's also been a teacher, a coach, a speaker for over 14 years. Interestingly, too, he is much of a nomad and um, has traveled the world with his family, making it one day at a time. Greg Denning, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. Great to be here again. Where are you now, Greg? Um, we're in Guatemala. We're working on an awesome self-reliance project right now, just trying to help the people help themselves. So we've, Greg. Been, we've been digging in here, trying to make a difference. You know what you need, Greg, is a mortgage. <laughs> a 30-year mortgage. You need a 30-year mortgage to tie you down to one place. But then you couldn't go to Guatemala. And before that, where we're, I know you've been to Costa Rica, was it, or Dominican Republic, Haiti? In both those places, and India as well, yeah. Man, alive. And how are the children? Great. They're doing fantastic. You haven't lost any of them, have you? Not yet. Good, because you're always (laughs) on the move. So, Greg, fill us in. You also, interestingly, have finished a book called Living Deliberately, How to Create a Ridiculously Awesome Life. You and Rachel have put that together. Yeah, we we just had... We've had so many great experiences and learned so much over the year. We're, We're both voracious readers. And so we've come across all these great principles, and, and really it comes down to life is what we make of it. And so we, we plowed, compiled all the principles, all our experiences, all these things we've learned and seen from others, and put it into this, this great book where the principles are there if you can dig in and, and create the life you want. We don't have to sit back and play victim. We can, we can have an awesome, awesome life. But let me ask you something, Greg. If you, if you can play victim for a little bit, you don't then have to take as much of the blame. And instead, you always have somebody that is the reason for why you're miserable. What would be a life then if we just took advantage of it, like you said, and went and created it? Then who would we have to blame? Well, see, yeah, that's the the common thing is to blame our parents, blame our past, blame the government, blame my boss, your producers, blame the economy. Yeah, the, <laughs> just blame anybody else. But when you take accountability. And then there's nobody else to blame, and you, you're left accountable for what you have and yeah. what you create and what you become. 
Which, 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 by the way, that you didn't even hear it, Greg, but we just got, had a little glitch in the system and it sounded like you started singing just for the <laughs> listeners out there. But accountability then you're saying begins with us. We can create growth. Um, you, you are a guy of all guys on earth that I know that is not afraid to just put himself in positions and situations where growth is in, is, is going to just have to happen. Is that were you naturally comfortable doing that, or is that something you've learned to do? Uh, I learned it. I actually uh, grew up in a broken home and ended up on the streets on my own at sixteen. Mm. And that discomfort—if you have the right attitude—that discomfort really causes growth. Yeah. And so you take advantage of it, man. It, it, you just get uncomfortable and go after change. And most of us are afraid of change and discomfort. We want everything to be comfortable and nice and convenient. But if you'll throw yourself into some uncomfortable situations. Man, the growth is is unlimited. That's amazing. They, I mean, because really, you could have thrown this idea at sixteen that it's not positive. That stress that you felt is not a positive thing. You could have turned it into that stress is something to run from and become a completely different person if you hadn't made different choices. Right. Well, I saw it all around me. I saw people turning to drugs and alcohol, immorality. And, you know, in the end, it made it worse, not better. Yeah. So I thought, you know, I'm going to I'm going to go after this. I'm going to grow. And, and it basically comes down to that, the principle I really live by. Nothing, nothing, nothing in life gets better until we do. Oh, I love that. I mean, th- then it's then the game's yours, right? It's instead of thinking it's everyone else's game to change you. It's uh, when you say nothing begins to change or grow until we do it. That means it's me today. Exactly. It's, it's on me. So yep. people driving home today need to know, until you change, it's the same. Exactly. Talk to me about growth rings. What, what is that? Oh. That's the principle you teach? What is that? I love it. So we were, we were in a museum in Washington by Mount St. Helens, and there was two cuts out of a tree. It's dendrochronology, which is, basically just means tree dating. And there were two cuts there, and they were both the same age. They're both 48 years old. And one of them was really small, maybe six inches around. And the other one was maybe uh, two or three times that and just had these huge growth rings on there while the other was, was almost indiscernible. And I thought, that's it right there. We can choose to grow, right? Because we have these beginning and ending periods in life. Mm-hmm. And so we can, we can establish our own growth rings. And we can have undiscernible growth rings where we have, instead of gaining years of experience, we have the same experience year after year after year. So those would be tighter growth rings, growth. Huh? So, so the exactly, small tree yeah. that was only six inches in diameter, it still lived 50 years, but its growth rings were tighter together. Exactly. Exactly. And so it, it tells you, you look at lives, right? You look at uh, Tolstoy's Ivan Illich. He got to the end of his life and he's laying on his deathbed and he says, what if my whole life has been wrong? Uh. No, what if I haven't lived deliberately? What if I haven't really grown? Because that's, that's why we're here. We exist to grow. We're, we're here to grow and to become better. Every day a little bit better. Oh, but it's so hard. It's so much easier when you can just say, my parents gave me bad genes and big bones, and now I just got to eat chips. <laughs> I sit around. I don't know where that voice came from. We just sit around and, well, yeah, we acquiesce to yeah. circumstances or, or whatever else. I love and the idea. so much. This idea of the growth ring means my, I don't need to try to create this end growth for a 50-year tree. I just need to worry about the next ring. 
Exactly. Exactly. Which could be a day, a week, a month, a year. And if I could say just, man, I get so adamant about this. You and I, we have no business, no business, whatever, being the same people next year that we are this year. We just, we got to grow. We got to improve. And, and every day should find us a little bit better. It seems like it part of us, dramatic. seems like part of us wants us to not grow because it's just too risky. Just stick with what you got, collect your check, get off the radar and be quiet. That seems like kind of a natural part of our brain, right? Like a maybe it's our yeah. ego that's holding us down saying, no, 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 too risky. Relax. Yeah. Yeah. And fear, fear of failing. People are terrified of failing. That's and jumping true. out there and, and not make it doesn't work out. They're, they're terrified of that. What, what are some examples of um, so because I guess the growth ring doesn't have to be a, a new job, even though I guess it could be. But it seems like if I improve, for example, let's say this year my ultimate goal is I want to run a mini triathlon like you do. It'll never happen just because I think that's crazy. But I'd love to watch one. Um, but if that was going to happen, that one goal physically, if that's what I focused on, would actually probably change me psychologically. It would probably change me some some way spiritually, emotionally, physically, even socially. So maybe one goal, one ring, one dream for a while can have a huge impact. Absolutely. Oh, I was hoping you were going there because if I change my physical state, it, it, I help, it helps me develop discipline and mastery. It helps my emotions, my thoughts. It'll help my marriage. I mean, seriously, I get in better shape. My marriage is better. I, I feel better. I, I'm, I'm a better father. Mm-hmm. Uh, and better at work, it, and all those things affect the others. And so, if we focus on growth ring, yeah, say in fitness or health or eating better, or in my marriage or with my children, it starts to affect every other other area of life. And then life just gets fantastic and exciting. See, wow, that could be addictive. You could all of a it sudden be thinking, man, you know what? Growth isn't that's it's not it's good. Growth equal good. Not bad. Uh, but then instead, a lot of us just kind of fall back into this state of blah. And we let our fear kind of drive us from risking a little bit, from putting our heads out there. You know, you know what? And that's so common. What I've, what I've come to fear, because fear is a motivator and it drives you. What I fear, honestly, is mediocrity. I, I, I fear it. I fear, I fear the idea of looking back, you know, five or 10 years, 20 years, and looking back and saying, that's it? Yeah. <laughs> That's all I've become. Yeah. Come on, man. But you're a third of That's the way. Drives me. You're a third of the way closer to your mortgage being done. <laughs> exactly. Ten years later. But that's what you're afraid of. See, what's interesting about you is you're you're not afraid. You're not trying to be incredible to compete with everyone around you. See, that's I, in a way I think part of this problem is you don't want to be mediocre. You don't want to be a mediocre Greg Denning. It's it's not yeah. about being better than everyone else at your office, and you're not. I mean, because the funny thing about you is you're really not in an office. You're people just need to know you're living in Guatemala right now, doing some humanitarian program to change the world um, in that area, and no one else in the world will probably hear about your humanitarian effort. But for you not to have done that, I guess you're saying would have been Greg Denning being mediocre. Yeah, and it's it's not enough to me. Yeah, I, I answer to me and, and to God. And I like that. 
I'm not out to compare or compete, but just with myself. Because mm-hmm. I know I can do better. I, and I constantly say this, the greatest tragedy in the world is when you do not reach your full potential. That's huge. And that literally is the greatest tragedy in the world. Because we could become so much. We could do so much. We could be so much. And, sit back and, the, and I mean, your God needs you to do that, which is kind of where you're basing this is, you know, he sent you here to grow. He didn't send you here to just take. Exactly. That's cool. Man, Greg, exactly. it's like you got your you got your head wrapped around this. <laughs> well, I'm passionate about it. And I have been on it. I was on this quest for personal excellence. Because it's it funny. Me. And people need to know, before you went on this, I mean, you went, basically were a teacher in, you know, in an area that a lot of people would kill to have your job, and you actually just walked away from it. You walked away from a job that a lot of people fought to get and very few could get, but you did that also as part of being the best you could be. That You just needed to keep growing. Right. Huge. Yeah, I wanted to... And this is again. I'm not. I'm not boasting or trying no, to throw another. I'm boasting Personally, for you. I wanted to. I wanted to expand my circle of influence. Yeah. Well, it's working. Changing the world. We're going to take a break. We're talking with Greg Denning, the author, uh, with his wife uh, Rachel, the author of the books "Living Deliberately: How to Create a Ridiculously Awesome Life." We're going to come back and learn how we can grow our growth ring. How do we expand it, make it bigger so we can influence more lives and, you know, not be mediocre, live up to our potential. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. Backwards listen must you story this understand to. And it gets stranger from there. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Researchers at the University of Maryland refer to their discovery as time reversal. Before you start worrying about the health of your great-great-grandparents, it's not the same as time travel. It is, however, a very futuristic-sounding technique. The research modeled how electromagnetic waves bounce off various objects and how those waves are changed after being reflected. What they figured out is that unique objects create a unique pattern within that reflected energy. In theory, you could feed a mirror image of that signal out, and it will find and resonate only with that original object. What are the applications for this discovery? In communications, it would create hyper-secure omnidirectional radios only one authorized receiver could pick up. It could selectively jam cell phones. It could even be used to beam power to a device such as a laptop or a car, even without knowing the location. In medicine, Coupled with the right nanoparticles injected into a tumor, it could target a cancer like a trained sniper, leaving healthy cells unscathed. But no time travel. Sorry. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Take a lesson on parenting from world-traveling family coaches Richard and Linda Iyer. The key, I think, is finding the balance between avoiding that overprotectiveness but never, never being, I guess, what we could call an ostrich parent where you got your head in the sand. Iyer's on the Road airs weekdays at 6.30 Eastern, only here on BYU Radio.
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we're talking about growth, the importance of, uh, you know, figuring out in your life what it is that you're bringing to this world. What is that thing that if, if you don't offer it, that this world, and we lose you, this world goes without that song being sung, without that charity being um, influenced, without the family learning what uh, they need to learn. We have asked to join us Greg Denning, who is calling in from Guatemala, and uh, he and uh, his wife, Rachel Denning, uh, wrote a book. The name of the book is called Living Deliberately, How to Create a Ridiculously Awesome Life. You can get the book if you want to go to discovershareinspire.com. DiscoverShareInspire.com. Also, you could go to DeterminedLives.com to learn more about Greg. Greg has lived in Costa Rica, the Dominican Republic, India, Mexico, Guatemala, where um, he really kind of takes life one day at a time, but he's constantly trying to grow himself. And he used a metaphor earlier about growth rings, um, which is which is a pretty good metaphor. Greg, welcome back to the program. Thanks. This metaphor of the growth rings, you know, two trees, 50 years old, could both, that one, you know, one could be six inches in diameter, one could be 30 inches in diameter. The difference, though, is um, they're both the same age. The difference, I guess, is the growth rings, the growth between each year. Exactly. Reach, reaching that potential, right? Just in a year or a week or month or whatever it is, each part of your life just really expands, really growing, getting everything you can out of life. How do you, you – you talked about the key then is if we could make and get more out of life and um, get more growth out of our life, what, uh, what are some principles you use to increase the size of our growth rings in life? Well, there's – there's a few of them. Um, really, what it, well, first one is, is habits. You and I are the sum total of our habits. It's what we do every day that will make the difference. It just adds up so quick. And so we become the, the, that sum of what we do. And so the little habits make the big difference. A lot of people think it has to be some big, dramatic change uh, that might be too hard. It might just be out of reach. But if they'll make little changes each day, and then those those habits will add up, and it'll make them in. You know, champions aren't made in the moment of, of when they win the race. They're made in the weeks and the months and the struggle and the sweat yeah. and the tears as they push themselves and create those habits. I don't know if you heard our discussion before you came on. So at BYU, a lot of our producers here are you know students, and we were talking to one of them, Bryce, that has to graduate. Has to notice the words uh, language. We are forced to graduate and be done. But you know. Just because he's graduating doesn't mean he's done, right? Absolutely. I always say there's never a graduation from education. <laughs> never. Darn it. Really? <laughs> no, but that's what's, that's what's exciting. But see, it's the learning. <laughs> that that learning, if you don't see the learning as a threat, the learning is going to basically, though, it seems like facilitate change. It's going to at least create opportunities where you're going to see either a need to change or the way to change, education is going to increase change. Absolutely. Yeah, input determines output. You know, I, I still get up almost every day. I get up at 4 a.m. to study. What? And people are just like, are you, are you crazy? What's, what's wrong with you? Do you have to study for a final? Do you have an exam? What, what's this for? And I just do it for learning, just for learning's sake. Well, couldn't you do that at 6? 
well, there's other things to work on. That's when I'm, that's when I'm exercising. That's when I'm having a devotional with my kids in the morning. There's so much to be done. And in my mind, sleep's just kind of a waste of time, although we enjoy it so much, but yeah. to get up and really go after it, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and learn. Uh, um, is Rachel okay with all this? Yeah, she's right on board. She's she, awesome. Does she get up too, yeah, or does she just let that be your little thing? Well, right now she's expecting number six. Whoa. She's sleeping in a little longer. Somebody <laughs> needs to relax. She needs some sleep for sure. <laughs> sleep. I think that's amazing, though. That I mean, but really, and again, too, what's neat about you, Greg, is it sounds like you found that that works for you. I mean, there's some people that oh, might totally stay up is. later to do that or find another way to do it. But you, for you, 430, it probably is something you've learned actually works. And if we keep doing it, it will work more. Exactly. Yeah. I have friends that are night elves. They'll stay up and read till one or two, which I'm, I'm nodding off, you know, early, but so whatever, where it fits, you just gotta, yeah. you gotta fit it in. And you gotta make so a plan. So oh, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. No, well, that's it. You gotta plan. There's only, there's only so many pigs at the trough, right? <laughs> if your trough is 24 hours, you get all those pigs in there, and you got to fit something else in. One of them's got to go. Yeah. You know, if you got a huge TV watching sow sitting there taking up all that <laughs> space at the trough, she's got to go. She's got to go. You know, she's like, killing you. <laughs> exactly. Do you? Do so you? I guess. It. But then you have to say no. So as part of how have you found? I mean, so a key to growth is also saying no to the things that are just disturbing you or distracting you or occupying time. How, how have you? What what gives you the strength to say no? Because a lot of the things we're battling with in life, they're not all bad. I mean, some things are like battling two goods. How do you say no? Uh, if you just have a vision, you you got to know what you want, and you got to have your priorities. And it's not going to be anything for everybody, so you can't just spell out a, a clear list. But if your priorities are real crystal clear, and you've got them spelled out, then you spend all your time, effort, energy, emotion on your highest priorities. If the others remain undone, they remain undone. And that includes people too. Sometimes you have to say no to relationships that tear you down or jobs or things. And sometimes it's valuable for people to become a minimalist. Oh yeah. I mean, isn't that like one of the highest forms of, of living, I guess, is when you, the things aren't what you're living for. Right. Right. If you can just be happy and content and focus all your efforts on on a higher cause than than just paying for your stuff and taking care of your stuff and moving your stuff and selling your stuff. <laughs> yeah, storing all your that, stuff, stuff, preserving exactly. your stuff. It, it ends up being a life of stuff, doesn't it? Right, exactly. And then we sit there and we wonder, what, where's the meaning? I guess that's the point you were getting to earlier. Did I live my whole life for this stuff? Yep. Where's the real yep, meaning? Exactly. Uh, we had a, a good friend, neighbor, um, pass away. Uh, you know, just had a backache and goes to the doctor and 10 days later dies of cancer. Wow. And all of the sudden, um, wow, everything kind of lines up. The things that matter line up instantly in that moment. Did I do enough in my relationships? I wish we had gone on that trip and at least been able to have been together as a family as we were planning on it. But we fought about more stuff. I mean, it was stuff can just really take away the real the real blocks of life. Yeah. What a great reminder. Though tragic for all of us there's a, whenever there's an ending say hey wait a minute I need I need to I need to take my pulse here. I need yeah. to get some accurate records. You know bus- the business the, the businessman has right he has excellent records. He wants to see how his business is doing. He wants the truth. No sugar coating. 
uh, when I was an EMT, I had two years in an ambulance, we had to have accurate vitals um, almost every minute, uh, especially on extreme cases. Right. And we had to be checking, hey, how are things going? How's the pulse? How's the breathing? How's the bleeding? You have to know. And, and a lot of us just kind of roll through life, never checking our pulse, never yeah. looking accurate and saying, wait, how am I doing? Yeah. And then all of a sudden you arrive at the hospital and the guy's been dead for 10 minutes. And you're like, he was yeah. sure quiet. That guy sure was sleepy. <laughs> he was our best patient yet. Check the vibe. Yeah. Don't you love how quiet, how it's always the quiet ones that die on you. Um, <laughs> isn't that strange? But like you have to check the signs. There are signs that things are vital in your life. Um, in fact, what are some of those? What are like, because you sit here and I really think if there was a picture of vitality, it's Greg Denning. It's, I mean, and if anyone goes to the blog, just go to their blogs, discover, share, inspire.com. On there, you'll see pictures of your family in Costa Rica, the DR, Dominican Republic, India, Mexico, all of these kids, so beautiful, but experiencing life in the now, that's a sign of vitality. What are some more signs that you see are signs that you are actually vital? You know, one of the things I like to do, one of the things I really, really like to do with people that I mentor mm-hmm. is get them to identify their major predominant emotion. Like, what do you feel most of the time? Hmm. And when they sit back, is it, is it happiness? Is it joy? Are you just filled with enthusiasm? I mean, you wake up to an opportunity clock and like, yeah, it's another day. <laughs> no, right? I don't. Or, or are most of us frustrated, uh, discontented? Um, bothered, tired. A lot of my yeah. mentees, yeah, tired. I'm just tired and bothered. And I'm just looking for something to relieve my stress and just some entertainment, and that's all I want. Yeah, and, and just stress relief, right? And it's interesting. Once I guess, I guess you help them find what their dominant emotion is. It's I guess that's telling. That's their. That's a vital sign. Exactly. Exactly. That's powerful. We all want to be happy. We all want to be really happy. Wouldn't it be great to just, just feel good all the time? Oh, yeah. And we, ne- we neglect our emotions, and our emotions are the power plant, the power plant for life. If, if our emotions are hurting or there's a wrong emotion really pumping power into our lives, it's negative. Oh, man, that makes life miserable. Yeah. It's going to end it. Yeah. And the, and the funny thing is, is it's not only – it's also telling you you're not aligned – it's also that emotion is going to also simultaneously drain you, take the power away. Exactly. Good exactly. stuff. We're talking with Greg Denning, um, and you got to go check out his, his website, DeterminedLives.com. Also, DiscoverShareInspire.com. You can get a copy of his uh, book there, Living Deliberately, How to Create a Ridiculously Awesome Life, that he and Rachel Denning wrote. We're talking with Greg Denning. We're going to take a break, come back. Give you more tools, ideas for how to uh, be intentional in your living. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. KBYU FM, HD2 Provo. Ron Simpson is a music veteran who knows an awful lot about the record industry. There are music opportunities galore for both local and national bands, for singer-songwriters, for solo keyboard or guitar players. And on the other end of the spectrum, you can even hear the strains of chamber music or a full symphony orchestra. The Tantera Hour, weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern, right here on BYU Radio.
This is Sam McCall for BYU Radio News. Over 20 embassies across the Middle East and northern Africa are closed this week due to possible threat of an al-Qaeda attack. Meanwhile, U.S. officials told ABC News the militant group may now be using a new type of liquid explosive which can be coated on clothing. Despite embassy closures in the region, Senators John McCain and Lindsey Graham are arriving in Cairo, urging both sides of Egypt's political crisis to use diplomacy rather than violence. Since military leaders removed former President Mohamed Morsi last month, over 100 of his supporters have been killed as protesters clash. According to a report from Reuters, the Drug Enforcement Administration also employs secret surveillance tactics similar to the NSA programs. The report also says the DEA uses the spying tactics to find information which is later purposefully rediscovered by conventional investigations. The Venice Beach community near Los Angeles is still in shock after a vehicular rampage on the boardwalk killed one woman and injured 11 more people over the weekend. The suspect was arrested late Saturday after abandoning his car and walking to a local police station. New York Yankees player Alex Rodriguez has been banned from play for the rest of this season and the 2014 season as well after he and 12 other major league players were linked to a doping facility in Miami. A-Rod has filed an an appeal and will be allowed to play until it is decided. In world news, a local court in Turkey dealt out at least 10 life sentences to defendants for their role in previous military coup attempts. Only 17 of the 275 accused conspirators were acquitted, leading to outcry from human rights groups. Thanks to scientists from the Netherlands, the world's first lab-grown burger has been served to a panel of food critics. The technique used to grow the meat could help satisfy sustainable growing worldwide demand. That's the news to half past to the top of the hour, excuse me. For BYU Radio, I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're talking growth today. You know, not the growth that you like saw on your arm. Is that growing? Is that mole getting bigger? Not that kind of growth. We are talking growth in your heart, in your passion. Do you feel like you're catching on to life? Uh, do you feel like you're starting to be able to write it and uh, and use life a little bit more to, to kind of grow, to, to strengthen yourself? Or do you feel like life's just really more of a beatdown, slowly taking the life out of you? Today, we have got a wonderful guest, Greg Denning, who refuses to let life just beat him down. Greg is the author of the book, Living Deliberately, How to Create a Ridiculously Awesome Life. And uh, he and his wife, Rachel, been married since 2001, five children, one on the way. They currently live in Guatemala and have also lived in Mexico, India, Dominican Republic, and Costa Rica. They've traveled it all and, and seen it all. But one of the things that they are, um, Greg does a lot of coaching and works with, with clients and speaking. He's a teacher as well. And his goal is to, to just offer the world all that he can and to literally, I think, be totally used up. He wants to, I think when he's done, be fully used. Is that true? Is that a good uh, example, Greg? Absolutely. Man, and I have so far to go. I, I, I have so much improving to do. Yeah, <laughs> it's, we, it's discouraging sometimes. You're like, ah, my weaknesses are dragging me down. Yeah. But I want the best thing that you and I can do for God or man is to make the most of ourselves. Yeah. And, and, and the, really, the only, the only moment you have to do that is right now. Exactly. 
We get so caught up in, yeah, but what about next week? <laughs> like, you know what? I wouldn't even live next week yet. I might just wait till, let's just live right now. And then when next week gets here, hey, you'll be here in the now. Exactly. Yeah, uh, Brian Tracy says that most people live in, in this ideal fantasy land called Someday Isle. Mm. And they just never get around to today doing it now. So it's about your day. It's about your routine is one thing I know you focus on a lot, you know, getting up at 4.30 in the morning. But you, you have a routine. I guess you try to make your daily routine a, more ha- a, a habit, habitualized. Is that what you do? Absolutely. Yeah, it doesn't, and, it, and that's what's cool. Is it doesn't matter where I am in the world or what I'm doing. I'm, I'm with my kids, and there's certain things we do every day without fail. It, you know, for me, it's, it's miss a meal, but never miss a good book or some good input. You know, you, you just, there's certain things you just do not miss. You're going to make the time. that makes all the difference. Yeah. Yep, and, exactly. So, so like, yeah, it's interesting. We might get hung up on, you know, you got to be home for mealtime, but you're saying even more important than the actual meal time is the time we're having with each other to learn or to grow or to listen or to be influenced. Exactly. Uh, we, yeah, we get so focused on feeding our bodies because of the hunger pains or the thirst but we neglect our souls, we neglect our minds, we neglect our, our emotions, our relationships. And I thought, man, if, you know, I, I met this one guy, he just refused to eat breakfast until he'd read from the Bible. He said, no Bible, no breakfast. <laughs> I thought, what, a, what a great philosophy. Yeah. Right? He put first things first. Well, imagine that. Imagine that we put all of our most important priorities consistently first. Is there a downside to schedule? I mean, it seems like... A lot of us are very kind of ritualized in schedules where we get up, you know, eat our breakfast, get everyone off, get to work, get to school, get home, make dinner, get them to bed, watch our show, go to bed. I mean, I guess in a weird way, the routine is is the system, and that system either works, but I guess you have to make sure the right stuff's going in the system. Exactly. Yeah, our habits, our habits, daily, daily habits can work for us or they can work against us. It's that sum total, right? But I, I, it's kind of funny. I, I have, I have the principles I live by, but I suffer from what Tim Ferriss calls adult ADD, it's adventure deficit disorder. I, I got to be out doing stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I need change. I need excitement. I need adventure. And so, yeah, I have, I have the things I do every day, and I don't miss, or I try really try hard not to miss. Um, but then, then you throw in the variety and the spice of life and, and new circumstances, uncomfortable yeah. situations and circumstances. And, and the combination there of real intense study and great life experiences, is this, it's the fertile soil we need for real growth. Yeah, because it, it really it takes you out of the automatic. I mean, it seems like if you have to go fly an airplane, you know, on the same route you've flown a million times, you probably only need to worry a lot about the first five minutes and the last five minutes of a three-hour flight. But if you're flying an obstacle course and it's different every time the course is there with a continuous change, you're probably going to be more present. It's going to keep you alive. Yeah. You make a good point. Most of us are on autopilot. Yeah. We're just rolling along kind of asleep. And happy because, hey, nothing's happening. Uneventful. No, no pain, no discomfort, just rolling along. No growth. Not going to disturb the waters. Yeah, isn't that funny? But we actually equate that in our world. No pain, no no discomfort equals, I guess, great, safe. 
wonderful life. Right. But the reality, and there's good research on this that talks about people that um, actually are challenged actually feel more optimal versus those people that aren't no longer being challenged, no longer being pushed. Their level of optimal experience starts to drop. They need to be challenged. Right. You start, you start to slowly die. I mean, <laughs> well, one author said most men die at 25 but aren't buried till they're 80. <laughs> and you just, you got to be alive. Um, the, uh, I can't remember his name, Thomas something, the founder of IBM. He, somebody asked him the quickest route to success, and he said, increase your rate of failure. Yeah. He just go after it. Try, 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 fail, 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 and just go. But that's crazy. You'll get fired. Oh, you well. Might. But in but reality, you'll, you'll, also, you'll also have a chance. Then IBM. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> It's powerful. What about this? You, you have a metaphor um, or just a story about a CEO who learned Spanish. Do you know what I'm talking about? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy was, he was at the top of his game. He was the CEO of MGM. And, I mean, the guy already spoke, if I, if I remember right, he already spoke five languages. He was at the top of his career. I mean, he's just going after it, right? And yet, on the way to work every morning, he would listen to audio programs in another language. Yeah. Right? There's no, there's no stop. There's no graduation from education. Here's a guy who's, who's on it, and yet he's still going. Oh, he's geez. still learning new things. I, I knew a man who retired at age 70. He started practicing the piano for the first time. At 70. Right? Yeah, just going after it. And speaking of piano... Uh, your son is a fantastic pianist. Man, you're talking about growth rings in that area. I know. But I'm sure he's paid a price, right? Oh, he pays well, that price. He, he practices and practices. And he pays it every day because he also, he too doesn't want to risk. So recently, you know, he's upped his game a little bit, and now he's actually singing with some of these songs, which is terrifying. Terrifying. Right. But it's also, it's just, you can see this passion come back in. Right. How can you be 16 and be burning out? But he's 16 and burning out of, you know, but he also likes to make movies of his music. But it's it's just he just keeps upping it. What's amazing about that is you can the principles are the same. You have to stretch. You have to find what you're passionate about. You have to be kind of you have to be disciplined enough to do it. You have to overcome the fear. But it works for a 16-year-old, and it sounds like, from what you're saying, it works for an 80-year-old learning piano. Absolutely. Throughout life, we are just growing and growing and growing, if we will. Yeah. It's, uh, my father-in-law was a cardiologist, and in his office, um, when he would go in to like, put a pacemaker in, he had a nurse that uh, was fluent in Spanish, so he, too, just like this man, you know, he's a well-seasoned cardiologist, bored with life in a way at the time, learned Spanish on the drive and then would not allow his nurse to speak anything but Spanish to him. Very cool. So over about 10 years, I believe, of just going to this catheter lab three times a week or whatever, he learned Spanish and is fluent in Spanish just on the side now, exactly. I learned I am fluent in Spanish. No one would know it, even anybody that speaks Spanish. But I know Spanish, and my son now is going to Mexico to speak Spanish. And I sit here and I think, oh, wow, I really would love to get back and practice Spanish. 
And then I ask, well, why am I not getting back? But part of it is then I just go back to my story. So part of our habit is just the story we tell as to why, why we don't. Ooh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's what's called, it's a cool word called endophagia, which basically means it's our self-talk. It's what we tell ourselves. And we have, we have the excuses. We have the little story. Well, I'm this. Even labels, right? Oh, yeah. Identify. Well, I'm this kind of person, and mm-hmm. so I can't change. Yeah. And that's just the way I am. Right? Those kind of lies just keep you in atrophy. Seriously, a lot of us suffer from atrophy in a lot of areas of life. And in the end, um, you know, I guess in the end, you're going to die either way. You're going to fall into atrophy anyway, but you don't have to do it when you're 30. Right. And eventually certain parts are going to break down. Let's just, you don't have to force the breakdown. Well, exactly. Yeah, through neglect. So I think a lot of us live kind of lopsided. Uh, you know, where we'll be, we'll grow a lot in one area, but to the neglect of other areas. Oh, yeah. and so it has to be balanced growth. These guys spend hours and hours in the gym, and I used to be one of them. You know, they're ne- they could be and probably are neglecting other areas of life. So it has to be a good balance. So we're growing, we're just all around growth, right? Just mm-hmm. being smart and healthy, emotional health, fit, uh, wonderful marriage, becoming a great parent, uh, uh, making a difference in the world working on each important aspect of life. Hey, Greg, let's say you're just down. Now, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but I'm assuming it is because you're human. Let's say you get up, it's 4.30, your alarm goes off, even though you're probably just do it naturally. Um, and you think, no, nah, not today. Today, I just want to swing in my hammock another hour. You hit the snooze, it's now 6.30, you get up. How do you insp- how do you find motivation to do what you don't want to do? Like I don't assume it's any easier for you to just do all of this. I assume it's just as hard for you. You must have just gotten really good at changing your inspiration or your motivation. How do you do it? See that what you bring up is is a key element there. That the things that bring about real success are often things that none of us want to do. And the right. dividing factor is that those who actually do them, even though they don't want to, they get the results. Mm-hmm. And it's not like, hey, oh, yeah, they, it's easy for them. It, oh, that's, those guys are lucky. You know, it's, it's this. And, and it's not true. You just have to discipline yourself. I live by a little acronym. Um, it's called, I call it CAVI, C-A-V-I. And for me, it stands for Consistent and Vigorous Improvement. Every day I want to be better. And, and if I don't get up and I'm not working toward getting better, then I fail by default. Like a- atrophy is the default. That's what happens if you're not fighting against it, right? Ignorance is the default. Unless I'm fighting off my ignorance and my weaknesses and my bad habits, then that's the default. They'll just happen. And so if, I, if I'm like, you know, if I take the easy route, ah, I'd rather not, or, ah, you know, it's too much effort. I don't want to get all sweaty again or or whatever it is, I don't want to go and, and see that neighbor who really needs some help. Then we start to shrink, and and we lose out. And again, we fail merely by default. Hmm. And so for me, my motivation is, hey, I got to do something today to make myself better. And and it's fun and it's exciting. It's not it's not this burden that it maybe it sounds like like oh it's so hard. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's a hard life. Well, and it's, it's an it also can be dynamic, is what I'm hearing too. I mean. 
if in the morning, if on some mornings the idea of just going to lift your weights or whatever isn't moving you, but then go walk on a beach or go walk in the neighborhood or go take your dog for a walk or just go sit on a treadmill and listen to a talk. I mean, there's there's other ways to get the same effect and it's still it, it still gets you moving. Exactly. And get, the, yeah, have the variety and the excitement and do, do things differently. Hmm. Do, do things that really make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Just try new things. Tell try me. Do foods. Ooh. Do anything. Food sounds really good right now. Yeah, it does. You know, I think um, my, my board op here, his name is Skyboy, um, Skyboy Hanson. He likes me to call him. And um, he, he always needs sugar. Um, and so I keep telling him that's not good for you. You need a well-balanced diet of vitamins and minerals. And, but, um, but again, it's, it's so interesting as I, as I just deal with all of our, all of us, all of these different people, we're all so different, but the the principles are the same. As we wrap up the show, what, what, what Greg, again, if you had to just choose a few core principles, not like practices, not like things per se to do, but the principle behind them, what would you say are some key essential things we all need to remember when it comes to our personal growth? There's a great quote. I was reading an autobiography of, or a biography rather, of, of Benjamin Franklin. And it said, an ethic of constant self-improvement is the yeast that makes an individual rise. Hmm. So if we always just have in front of our minds, hey, how can I be a little bit better today? Let's not overwhelm ourselves. You know, it's too big. But how can I be a little better today? Even if we are half a percent better each day, then at the end of a year, we've we've really made some significant difference. We can literally change ourselves. We can become a much better person if we just have a a vision of a little bit of improvement each day. Focus on a goal, a, a dream. Yeah. And that that little stretch begets tomorrow's stretch, which begets the next day's stretch. I mean, it's the the cool thing is it's not a lot that has to be done. It's just a little. And a little can eventually create a lot. Exactly. Exactly. And the, and what's so great is the power's in us. Yeah. We're not victims, we're we're free agents. We have that power to choose and to decide. And if we remember, here's a quote from Sterling Seal. He said, there's one thing which I'm absolutely certain. It is that the one business of our lives is to succeed. Hmm. God did not go out through all the trouble making this wonderful earth with its great natural laws and then expect us to waste our lives in failure. We're here to grow and have an awesome life. Life doesn't have to be a dread. It doesn't have to be miserable or uncomfortable. We can have fantastic marriages and exciting lives that really matter. We can yeah. sing our song, like you were saying, right? Yeah. Sing that song and live on purpose every day. Powerful. Greg Denning, great, great advice. Let's, uh, let's take it and, and, and live on purpose. Go check out Greg's book. Uh, go to discovershareinspire.com. In shover, in discover, share, and inspire.com. Look up his book, Living Deliberately, How to Create a Ridiculously Awesome Life. Greg Denning, appreciate you being with us. Thank you so much. It was a great pleasure. You bet. And take care of Rachel and the kids. This is the Matt Townsend Show, folks. We're going to take a break. Take a break, come back, and wrap up the show, giving you uh, some a few more tools to get the wedges of our lives 
out of the way so we can uh, have more uh, leverage in our lives. This is the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. They don't know they're demonstrating fluid dynamics, but what penguins do know is how to huddle to keep everybody equally warm. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. The next time you huddle in a crowd at a snowy bus stop, you may think you know how to keep warm, but penguins have you beat. Where they hang out, the bus takes about six months to show up, and winds can gust to 100 miles an hour at 60 Fahrenheit below zero. Yet they can generate a balmy 70 degrees at the center of their huddle. What scientists wanted to know was the method by which the cold guys at the edge changed places with the warm guys at the center, so that everybody averaged out pretty well. Francois Blanchet is an applied mathematician at the University of California, and he's created a mathematical model where virtual penguins, each just trying to get warmer, end up circulating in a path that distributes the heat as fairly as possible. The mathematical model matches up fairly well to actual patterns in the wild, and it shares common features with flying flocks of birds, schools of fish, and the like. This model may help to program future swarms of micro-robots that need to cooperate like one composite individual. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. On Thinking Aloud, we talk with the most influential, inspiring, and educated minds about the ideas and theories behind their work. A tailor is an artist. Someday I hope to have uh, a tailor come into the Leonardo Museum where I now work and do a residency as, a, as an artist because the, the conceptualization of a suit is fabulous. Join us for the uplifting discussion on Thinking Aloud, weekdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern here on BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about growth, about development, and uh, how to you know find yourself, find your passion. And our own Colonel Rob Sanders has done a little research on a metaphor called the hidden wedge. And it comes from a guy named Samuel Whitman who described a farming experience he had. Uh-huh. So the, uh, the use uh, a fowler's wedge, I, I don't know enough about it, but you can cut a tree down with it. Oh, really? It's like an, an axe head. Okay, so you – I've seen them where they hammer – so they make a wedge in a tree, right? Or they just a cut. Yeah. And then they put a wedge in it like a axe head. Yeah, and, then and then you hammer the axe head. Pound at it. And so uh, sometime and, – and that's an all-day experience. So when lunchtime comes or dinner time comes, you, you set the wedge aside and go eat and then come back. Well, what happens if it's maybe the last lunchtime break of the season and then you find uh, you didn't get back to your wedge? And what happens if you put your wedge on sitting kind of in the little gap between the tree and the one of its branches yeah. and then you forget about it? Which could happen. If you're and a lumberjack, you lose your wedge here and there. It's You just set it in there and just say, okay, I'm going to set this little wedge – on the tree, and then I'll come back right after uh, right the, after dinner. But, but it's dark after yeah. dinner. And years later, that wedge disappeared. Well, yeah, because the, ne- the next day, the temperature drops 20 degrees, and then the snow comes, and then spring comes, 
And you might even go out in the spring and notice, hey, I left it there. I'll pick it up right after lunch. There's my rusty wedge. An ent- entire season goes by, and the next winter comes. And pretty soon, you notice the wedge is in the tree, and it's like half grown. Yeah. The God's kind of cool, you know? It's, uh, it gives it some character. That's if you're even aware of it. I personally would have lost the wedge. I would have forgot that I even used wedges. I would have bought seven wedges since then. Lost them all in different lost trees. Lost them all in different trees. I'd have really bad tree wedging. Something he says 20, 30 years goes by or you know, a long period of time. This tree is this towering tree on the property and an ice storm comes. And you can already write in your head probably how the story ends. Yeah. The tree fell apart. Weakened. I mean completely fell apart. There's no tree left. And what happened was the one branch was this really heavy branch – couldn't handle the weight because the, the the fibers of the tree weren't ever able to grow together because the wedge was in the way. So there's nothing supporting the branch. A little bit of ice cracked it off from its own weight. And then the tree was so lopsided that the rest of the tree fell over and it ripped it out by its roots. There wasn't anything left. Done. A Completely wedge done. 30 years ago. 20, 30-year-old tree. See how that could impact your growth. Just a little, by the way, so sometimes our wedges, I guess, are our thoughts. Yeah, so it's an analogy for, I don't know. I had a wedge. Remember, I think we've talked about this. Townsend's don't do math. Yeah. Boom, wedge. So, uh, sophomore in high school, Townsend's don't do math. We don't do math. Which is stupid because you'd probably do just fine. I actually got into very it. fast in my head, just not in any way accurate. Fast math in the head. <laughs> No, I actually am fairly accurate, but I got this idea that we don't do math, we don't do college algebra, we don't do calculus. No, no. We're people people. We care about the peeps. Not the math. Uh, Bad habits. Smoking. My my grandfather uh, smoked for years, and it didn't look like it was having much adverse effect until the ice storm came, so to speak. He had a stroke. Oh, no. Just like that. Then it's a big, my grandfather had pneumonia, was in the hospital with pneumonia. He was a chain smoker. Tons, I don't know how many, four packs of cigarettes a day, I think. From a mine, He was a miner, mining town. He's in the hospital. They say, look, pal, you got to quit smoking. It's killing you. So he's in intensive care. He quits smoking. And the minute he quits smoking, his health starts deteriorating. So, like, he's dying now. But, you know, what do you do? The guy's got pneumonia. So he just says, bag it. And he sneaks out with – actually, they snuck him out. Gave him some cigarettes. He just starts smoking. (laughs) Turned his oxygen off. And he got better. Here's the ultimate irony. He had to have the wedge, the cigarettes, to keep going. That doesn't fit the analogy very well, though. No, but the irony is you become so dependent, though, that you actually need to be dysfunctional. To stay functional. Your dysfunction keeps you functioning. Mm. Your wedge can really become a crutch. Yeah, I feel like those are the people who are potsters in the world, people who have to have some sort of drama or bad thing happening yeah. to them in order to feel function, like function yeah. and feel oh, good yeah. about themselves in a social way. And then they can't feel good without drama. Exactly. That's Skyboy. Have you noticed <laughs> Definitely. That? He just cannot. He's the drama king. Concurred. <laughs> You're so boring. We gave you a chance to get all drama king, and you didn't even take it. 
Wedges. I think we've all got it. So here's the assignment. I guess everybody out in listener land, what is the wedge? What's the thing that you use that's now fully accepted? You've set it in your brain, and it's what keeps you from growing. Is it the I can't do that? Is it the we don't do that? Our family doesn't do that. Is it, um, is it the, you know, the ignorance of knowing how to do it? What is it that keeps you from growing? Uh, is, it, is it the as- assumption that, you know, we're, we, just, we aren't people that run marathons? What are the barriers we need to break down? That is your assignment, my friends. I need you to try to do something. Like when we were talking about earlier with, with Greg Denning, you don't need to change everything. But if we can start looking at the wedge and figuring out what's the thought that leads us to do less, to be less, to live down in our lives, that might be the very beginning. So I challenge you to do that. I also challenge you to talk to others. Other people might know one of the greatest moments of my life was when my wife told me what I would be good at. She actually said, you really should go into news and journalism. I think you'd be really good at that. And it was a view I never saw. And um, you know what? Not that it was, you know, here I am. Blah. But in the end, uh, it did make a difference because it took me into some of the areas where I think I have more gifts to offer. Folks, that's your challenge. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back tomorrow with more tools, ideas to help you have a smarter, healthier, happier life right here on BYU Radio. BYU Radio.